Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. Today, I'd like to share with you uh, a place in Jesus' life where he was in anguish. The, the passage up on the screen is from Luke's Gospel. I'd like to read to you from Mark's Gospel, chapter 14. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Recently, I heard a new translation of one of the phrases in that gospel lesson. The speaker mentioned that, you know, she has never said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Yeah, that's just not the way we talk today, right? My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Never said it. But she said, you know, quite often I say, I'm not okay. And I find that very refreshing that what, what Jesus said to his disciples that night in the Garden of Gethsemane is he just turned to them and said, guys, I'm not okay. I need you to be here with me. And if, if Jesus said, hey, I'm not okay, then maybe it's okay for us to say, hey, I'm not okay. And it didn't happen just once in Jesus' life. When Jesus heard about his cousin John the Baptist that he was beheaded, Jesus went off by himself. He wasn't okay. He needed time to process the grief of losing his cousin John the Baptist. In fact, on the back of the worship folder, I have a quote from Hebrews chapter 5. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. Though quite regularly, Jesus came to the Father and said, Hey, I'm not okay. I need help. And, and, and that can reassure us that it's okay for us to be not okay. If you've experienced the death of somebody that you love, it's not sinful to be overwhelmed with grief. That's human. 
Jesus was fully human but without sin. It's just human to, to have to admit, I, I'm not okay. I had a friend who was facing major life-threatening surgery with long recovery time, lots of pain. <laughs> hey, it's okay to be not okay. That's a human reaction. Some of you have experienced trauma in the past. Trauma so great that maybe even have night terrors. That's not necessarily sinful. That, that's just being human. Your mind is trying to process something that, that was horrible. And it's okay to be not okay. Because Jesus was not okay that night in the garden. The, the trouble is, Jesus was perfect, right? So his being not okay was, was never sinful in any way. That's not us. I, I have on the back of the worship folder what I call the okay, not okay scale. You know, and, and uh, when the Holy Spirit brought us to faith in Jesus as our Savior, he created uh, what the Bible calls the new self or the spirit within us that is created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness, that, that, that's like Jesus. And sometimes when we are not okay, you know, we, we are up there and, and we're, we're reacting like Jesus reacted. But you know we still have that sinful nature. And sometimes that sinful nature reacts to those times when we're not okay in a not okay way. We lash out at other people. We're filled with, with fear and, and, and doubt about God's care for us. We're like on the, the night of, of Jesus' betrayal, he had to say to his disciples, don't let your hearts be troubled. You, you should stop being not okay Trust in God, trust also in me. In the other services, we read a, a section from Jeremiah 20, and I would encourage you, spend some time reading Jeremiah 20 because it, it can help you understand yourself. See, Jeremiah had a lousy ministry. Jeremiah's ministry was to tell people in Jerusalem you guys are under God's judgment and the Babylonians are coming. Look out, right? And there were some times that it just got the best of him. And, and he, he would tell God, God, I'm not okay. And Jeremiah 20 says, God, I'm not okay. I'm the only one, I'm all alone. And then as you read on, you know, faith suddenly sparks to life and, and he says, the Lord God is with me, he's my mighty warrior, I'm gonna sing his praises. And that's where in the other services the, the lesson stops and I went, no, 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 we should read farther. Because you know how the chapter ends? <laughs> Jeremiah 20, the chapter ends with Jeremiah cursing the day he was born and saying, 
I, I wish I died in my mom's womb. See, that's the way it is for us, isn't it? We're not perfect like Jesus. And sometimes when we are not okay, our faith shines out, but, but just within the very next moment, and that's why I love that chapter of Jeremiah 20 so much, is, is he's flipping back and forth, and that's what happens in our lives so often, right? Suddenly we're not handling it very well, and everybody around us suffers. And what I want to tell you is it's okay. If you're sliding back and forth up the okay, not okay scale. Because your status as a child of God does not depend on where you are on the scale. In Hebrews chapter 5, the author of Hebrews you know, said uh, that during his life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who would save him from death. You know, that, that, that there were times that Jesus was filled with incredible anxiety as he knew what was about to happen to him. There was reason why he was filled with anxiety. But then if you look at the back of the worship folder, just a little bit farther down, I quote from the next couple of verses. Son though he was, Jesus learned obedience from what he suffered And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. And the Greek word for perfect is actually more the idea of complete. That Jesus became the complete package for us by going through these times when he was not okay and and being perfectly obedient in our place. You know, sometimes we, we, we learn things in catechism class that we just want, why do I have to learn this? One of them is the passive and active obedience of Christ. Passive obedience is what we usually think of when we think Jesus, Jesus is my Savior. He died on the cross for me. He took my sins away. But it's really important to remember that he also offered to his Father his active obedience, that he obeyed in our place. So he, Jesus became the complete package. When he was, when he was going through those times, when, when he was not okay, he was offering God that perfect obedience, the perfect righteousness that we can't. And then that perfection is credited to us. The Apostle Paul says that in baptism, we're wrapped up in a Jesus coat. As many of you have been baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. So, so, so Jesus' perfection is, is what the Father sees. You see, your status as a child of God does not depend on where you are on the okay, not okay scale. Your status as a child of God depends on what Jesus did for you in your place. And it's absolutely certain. It's done. He is perfect, the complete package that you and I needed. And so it's okay for us not to be okay. 
no matter where we are on that scale. So what, what should we do about those times when, when we're just, I am not okay. Should I be alone? Should I be with people? Is it okay or not okay to be alone when I'm not okay? And the answer is, it depends. Jesus is a great example where there were times when he was not okay and he was alone. Luke tells us that Jesus often went off by himself to pray. He, he needed to process. And so he went off by himself, but, but it was okay for Jesus to be alone because he had this, this perfect relationship with his heavenly Father. In fact, that night when the disciples deserted Jesus, Jesus knew that would happen and in John chapter 16, he says, you will leave me all alone, but I will not be all alone because my Father is with me. You see, it is okay to be all alone when, when you're struggling with, with, with anxiety and fear and depression, when you have a, a, a strong relationship with your Heavenly Father and you are communing with your Father and you're claiming again these marvelous promises that you are forgiven and your Father is present with you and he will help you, that he has the power to help you and he is always there. If you have that relationship, God be praised. It is okay that you're alone because you are never alone. The trouble is, when you are all alone, somebody wants to sit next to you at the park bench. Satan wants to slide up next to you and start telling you the same lies that he's told you for the last months, years, maybe decades. And when the devil tells you those same lies often enough, you, you start to believe them. You know, lies like, nobody cares. Nobody loves me. Lies like, I'll never feel better. The only way out of the pain is to, to, to end my life. I'm a loser. God hates me. Sometimes those lies are so loud that that's all you hear. Brothers and sisters, it's important you realize that it's not okay for you to be alone at that point. It is okay for you to realize I need somebody else to step into my life and help me cut through all the lies so that I can hear the truth. Now sometimes God in his grace will just send you that special messenger. I think of David uh, in 1 Samuel when, you know, David is, is running for his life from King Saul. And, and I'm sure that there were times where, where David was just going, 
maybe God isn't going to keep his promise to make me king. And, and maybe I've done something so bad that God can't possibly love me anymore. Uh, and his friend Jonathan, Saul's son, goes out to David and helps David find strength in the Lord. He helped David cut through the lies and claim the promises of God. Even Jesus needed that. You know, the disciples deserted Jesus, but it's interesting that the Father sent an angel to strengthen Jesus. Luke's gospel tells us that that God the Father sent an angel. An angel, in in Hebrew, angel is, is simply the word messenger. God sent a heavenly messenger to Jesus to help Jesus cut through the lies and claim the certainty of his father's love and the certainty of his father's power and the certainty that God's plan would prevail. If, If somebody sees that you're not okay and they ask about how you're doing, don't be afraid to just admit, hey, I'm not okay, because maybe this is, this is the messenger that God sent to help you. And, and sometimes the Lord in his wisdom is going to test you and say, will you be humble enough to admit that you need to go look for that messenger? That's okay. To look for somebody to say, hey, I'm not Okay. That's why we have the Counseling and Care Center on our campus to normalize the whole idea that that sometimes you just need to go to somebody and say, hey, I'm not okay. Maybe you need a professional counselor. Maybe maybe you've heard some of the same lies for decades and you just need somebody who is a professional to help you track down how these lies got woven into the way you think so you recognize the lies and you can claim the promises of God. Maybe you just need some pastor or Christian friend that you trust. And I, and I w- want to reassure every one of you here today and those of you who are watching online that the Lord has prepared you to be that messenger. In Romans chapter 15, The Apostle Paul, writing through Romans, says that that he was competent, that they were competent to counsel. And I believe that's true of every one of you who knows that Jesus is your Savior, that God has made you competent to counsel. And the reason why I say that is something that I recognize in me. You see, the lies that I hear In Christian love, I would never say those lies to somebody else. I would never say to somebody else, God hates you. I would never say to somebody else, you are a loser and hopeless. I would never say to somebody else, the world would be better off without you. And in Christ, I know that is true of you too. 
Maybe you hear some of those lies, but you know that as you talk to somebody else, those are lies that you will not pass on. God has already prepared you to be that messenger that somebody else around you needs. Because brothers and sisters, in some way, it's true of all of us, I'm not okay. And that's okay to admit. I pray that not a one of us feels like we have to go through those times when we're not okay all alone. Look for someone to walk with you. Just somebody you trust. To keep a confidence. Somebody who knows Jesus. They'll help you remember what Jesus remembered in the garden. And they'll help you give up. That sounds crazy, right? You're not supposed to give up. And I don't mean give up to despair. I don't give up to the, de- the devil. The, the devil wants you to give up in depression, discouragement. Whatever D you want to put there, right? Jesus didn't give up that day to despair. He gave up to surrender. He said, Abba, Father, Father, I I know who I am. I'm your, your dear son. And that's something that you and I can say too, right? Because Jesus is the complete package that we needed. He's the Savior that we needed. He's offered to the Father the perfection that we couldn't. That you and I can say, I am your dear son. I'm your dear daughter. Abba, Father, I know that you love me. Even though I am just so stressed out. All things are possible with you. Father, I know you created the world. I know you've done miracles like what, what Ronnie to- told us about, about his, his cousin. I-, I know that you can just step in and do incredible things. You raised your son from the dead. All things are possible with you, Father. I know that. That's the truth that I'm going to hang on to when Satan tries to lie to me and say it's hopeless. Father, Abba, Father, you love me. All things are possible with you. And so, Father, I'm going to ask the impossible. That's what Jesus did, right? Take this cup from me. Take this cup from me. Take take away the, the, the way that this trauma is continuing to impact me years later. Take away the pain that is just a part of my life. Take away the the depression and and the the mental struggles that I'm having. Because you love me and you have the power to do that. But then to surrender. And 
say, not my will, but yours be done. Father, if your name is hallowed and your kingdom comes by me going to that cross and dying, Jesus said that day, then your will be done. Father, if your name is hallowed, if you are honored by people watching me go through this horrible time when it's just not okay, if somehow in a miraculous way you use my trouble to bring your kingdom to somebody else, like it happened for Jake, a little girl is going to be baptized October 15th. Jake has gone through some incredibly difficult times where it's not been okay. If your kingdom comes by me going through some horrible, horrible times where it's just not okay, I feel comfortable giving up. I'll surrender. And your will becomes my will. You know, last week, I closed with a, the Lord's Prayer. It's a prayer for the family church. And uh, I won't always do this, but I, I wanted to do that same kind of thing today. Because I've spent way too much of my life thinking the Lord's Prayer was just the prayer that I recite and not realizing that Jesus taught the Lord's Prayer to help me through some of the most difficult times in my life because every part of the Lord's Prayer fits over and over again. You see, that's what Jesus prayed that night in the garden. And that's what we can pray too. So I'd ask you to stand and let's join together. I'm going to have this introductory sentence and then you speak the petition from the Lord's Prayer and I will apply it to those times in our lives where we simply have to say, it's not okay. The prayer Jesus taught his disciples also teaches us to come to the Father in our anguish and anxiety. Our Father in heaven, I know that I have a Father in heaven who loves me like a dear child. And my fear and anxiety invites me to crawl up on his lap and feel his loving embrace. He's listening to me. Hallowed be your name. Father, what people think about me isn't important. What's important is what they think about you. Help me deal with my anxiety and fear in a way that honors you. Your kingdom come. 
Father, it's not about my kingdom and what I think is good for me and, and those whom I love. It's about your kingdom that you rule in my heart and in the hearts of others. And finally, that they would be in heaven. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Father, I surrender to you. If your name is hallowed and your kingdom comes when I'm struggling with pain and trauma and anxiety, then your will is also my will. Give us today our daily bread. Give me the strength that I need to hold on to you, your love and power in the midst of this fear and anxiety and trauma. Give me the strength that I need today, this hour, this minute. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Forgive me, Father, for all the times I've failed to trust you. And when in my anxiety I've lashed out at the people around me. Father, give them a forgiving heart towards me. And give me a forgiving heart towards them. Lead us not into temptation. Don't let the struggles of this life become so great that Satan has his way with me. Protect me from Satan's lies but deliver us from evil. If it be your will, rescue me from the trauma, the anxiety, the pain, the fear. If that's not your will, then deliver me from Satan's lies. Bring one of your messengers into my life to speak your truth into my heart. finally bring me safely home safely into your heavenly home for yours is the kingdom father you are ruling over all things for the good of your church and that means for my good I trust you and the power I know that you hear my prayers and can answer me Quiet my soul with your power and your love. And the glory, it's not about me. I want you to be glorified, Father, now and forever. Amen. Yes. That's what amen means. Yes. It shall be so. We're confident. And we say together, amen. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.